Independent Business Podcast is brought to you by HoneyBook, the all-in-one platform for anyone with clients. Book clients, manage projects, and get paid faster all with HoneyBook. You can use the code podcast to get 20% off your brand new account and let business flow your way. Did you know that 82% of consumers will shop from brands whose values align with their own? Now more than ever, people are looking to brands to do good, and a brand that does this very well is none other than Ben & Jerry's. In this episode, we are taking the lid off and scooping up some of Ben & Jerry's favorite campaigns, and who better to walk us through that than the Director of Public Relations and Communications at Ben & Jerry's, Sean Greenwood, who is also known as the Grand Pooba of PR. Sean teaches us Ben & Jerry's unique approach to PR and communications, and also how we can get better on infusing our values into our business. Hey everyone, this is your host, Akua Kanadu, and you're listening to the Independent Business Podcast. More people than ever are working for themselves and building profitable businesses in the process. So on this show, I get to sit down with some of the most influential authors, entrepreneurs, and creators to break down the science of self-made success so that you can achieve it too. Hello, Sean. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Welcome. This is a treat for us. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Well, okay. I just have to kick it off because I'm so curious to know after like reading your bio, how did you earn the title of Grand Poopa? Is it Poopa of PR? It is. But uh, don't you think uh, the the bios thing always is amazing? Like you go, how long do we have to work in our careers before someone else will write your bio for you? Like, I'm like, you know, it's been 35, 40 years of, of working at businesses. And here I am still writing my own darn bio. Like, uh, so, so the, the titles at Ben and Jerry's is a big deal. Like people, uh, I've, I've had the pleasure of every time I've hired somebody like in our PR department, you go, one of the challenges is you got to come up with your own title, right? Because we have this belief that business should be fun, right? And this goes back to our, our co-founder, Jerry, whose philosophy was, if it's not fun, why do it? And that was one of the two big philosophies for the company. Uh, so ever since then, you know, for the last 40 years, we say, okay, we need to make work fun. And part of that, uh, you know, like I'm saying, when we hire new folks, we go, okay, what's your title going to be? So I had actually worked for years leading up our Joy Gang, which is an internal group that does kind of like, how do we keep work fun? And so that, my title there was the Grand Poobah of Joy. And so then when I got the job as PR director about 20 years ago, uh, it was then, all right, I'm going to hold on to Grand Poobah of public relations. It has a good ring to it. It really does. I was like, okay. It gave me a very like Yoda vibe. Nice. (laughs) <laughs> Which was really cool. And I love that making work fun, especially like as business owners in general and just working for companies, right? Like you can lose sight of, you get so caught up in your goals and stuff that you can really lose sight of what's important and the reason why you got started. And I love that, that you guys really put that fun and that joy in the forefront so that mm-hmm. you can really, you see the passion, honestly, in a lot of what Ben and Jerry does, everything ranging from campaigns to all the various different fun flavors. And so I'm really excited just to talk more about just some of your more uh, PR and communication strategies and how we we can honestly communicate our values. I think that's something that a lot of us as business owners still struggle with. Mm. And so that's something I'm really excited to tap into. And so overall, Ben and Jerry's has a really unique approach to, again, just really like communicating just your brand, your values. So what strategies do you think has really contributed to Ben and Jerry's success over the years? Yeah, I think, you know, those underlying principles, right? When we start off saying fun is certainly one of them. And, and Ben's was uh, business has a responsibility to give back to the community. 
right? That set the tone. That was ever since the first year that the guys were in business when they started in 1978. So that's the kind of, you know, what the, the message is for us in terms of employees to try to continue to support. And then 10 years into the company's history in 1988, we actually put together a mission statement, right? And the interesting thing about Ben and Jerry's mission statement, I know one of the, uh, you know, questions we had previewed was saying like, you know, what is the return for the company on this? And when you look at, especially as we do these things around values, and then what does that mean for a for-profit business? And, and the truth is there's never anything about at Ben and Jerry's that's just money, right? We always have this consideration. And with this three-part mission, establishing that for us for, you know, since 1988, we know that we're measured not only in, we want to make a reasonable profit as a business, but we also want to use some of that investment to be able to go back to support our, our global community and make sure that we're, you know, sticking up for those folks who are marginalized and how do we use the power of business to try to address some of those issues, right? So that's our mission. And when you start off with that, it really allows you then to be able to go and, and take these stances, get involved with campaigns, get involved with these issues that we care about. It doesn't mean that it, you don't, uh, not everyone agrees with you, right? And that's okay. Our, our co-founder, Ben, has always said, you know, we don't need 100% of the people to like us. And when you take a stance on issues, there's going to be some folks who don't agree with you. So we, we kind of have that baked into our, our DNA as well. I mean, it really shows. I think a lot of your campaigns, which um, I found a really cool article that highlighted a lot of your really fun campaigns, which one specifically yeah. I definitely will break down, but I have other uh, questions I want to touch on before that. But it's true. Like you guys are very, very clear with your values. You can look at the brand and you don't have to question it. I mean, it's truly totally engulfed in all of your marketing campaigns and also to mm. the storytelling is mm, chef's kiss. And so, <laughs> love so many fun campaigns. But, and I, I guess to a question that I have within that is that yeah. how are you weaving that into your marketing even with your product launches what are some key strategies that you're doing that also two small business owners can take away from that as well and um, start implementing their values into their marketing their uh, products and services as well yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting when you bring up the size of the business, what mm -hmm. do small businesses do? How is how does that work compared to large businesses? Mm -hmm. Great to remember that Ben and Jerry started as a small business, mm -hmm. right? It started as two guys who were best pals who said, you know, they like eating together. So let's go open a food business and their favorite foods were bagels or ice cream. So here we are. Right. And, and I think when you remember that and say they started this out as two people, two co-owners, and that was the only employees to start with, right? And and having to do it on a shoestring budget. So I think it's important for folks to understand that what it is that we try to do in terms of using this business to do good is not uh, about an issue of large or small. There may be a scalability to it that when you become a global organization, and I was just talking with Jerry about this a week ago saying, uh, you know, I had a request from from a journalist in Poland who was saying, hey, we know you're one of the leading businesses that sticks up for the LGBTQ plus community here and wanted to talk to you about that. And I was saying to Jerry, like, this is amazing to think that, you know, here we are 1978 and now you fast forward to today and say it's not that many decades, right, that you go now in, in 35 countries and, and being able to bring those values with you to those countries. That's one of the most amazing things. So I think when you have a really clear vision as as co-founders and as a small business you carry that along and and then when you're a big business you start to say how do we implement that and i think you know to your question 
it, that's pervasive throughout our business. So it doesn't matter whether you're the marketing manager, you need to say, how do I bring the values? How do I bring the fun? How do I bring the, the product appreciation and, and having great quality products? Same thing if you're the finance, right? If you're the CFO, you can't just go, my job's to count the beans at the end of the day. The ex expectation is they care about the, the social mission, right? That that one unique mission that I think sets us apart from a lot of other businesses and certainly did, you know, 40 years ago when, when it was first beginning. Mm, I love that. I think, again, being really, really clear about your vision and taking that time to just have a full understanding, right, with what it is that you care about and being able to weave that into all of your products mm. and services because you guys do it so well and so naturally, which you guys, we will be linking some of the campaigns into the show notes so that you guys can really see because I think now more than ever, a lot more people are pur making purchasing decisions based with brands that align with them. I think there was a the Harris poll. It said that 82% of shoppers want a consumer brand values to really align with their own. And I think especially when the last few years, it's become even more prominent. And this is obviously in no way of an episode of, you know, becoming political and anything like that. I think it's right, just so, right. it's so important as business owners to really, especially as you're trying to communicate with who it is that you want to connect with, clients that you want to work with, you have mm -hmm. to be able to really sh showcase your values and who you are. And so you guys just do that so wonderfully. And that's why I just love hearing some of the strategies that you guys are doing. But a, a question that I have to ask though, because you said mm -hmm. a lot of people People don't really like you guys are very brutally honest in how you do things and it's not going to really resonate with everybody. And it's true. Like as business owners, small business owners, your business is not for everybody. How mm -hmm. do you measure the impact of your PR efforts, right? And your brand's reputation and the bottom line? How do you measure that? Yeah. How do you find the balance in between that? Because I think that is a really common misconception of business owners that if you communicate with your values, whatever that may be, <laughs> that it will cost you money. And so how do you guys find the balance within that at Ben & Jerry's? Right. And I think part of it's having that vision, knowing that there's more than a single bottom line, right? It's at least a double bottom line when you measure what's your impact on those marginalized communities that can use your help and your income as a business, right? And, and I think we have this three-part mission that's, that includes both of those as well as we want to make great products, right? So I think when you look at all of that in, in kind of its totality, that's where the magic happens to be able to bring that in. You know, we measure our PR impact itself within the, those equations with impressions, right? We look at what is it that we, we get and what we hear from people, they'll often businesses will say, aren't you scared about in, including your values or getting into an issue that may be political or polarizing because it's going to limit those numbers? And I think what you hear from, from the people at Ben & Jerry's is we've never seen our numbers go down, right? People will say, oh, that you get involved with so much controversy and we still see our sales go up. So that piece in terms of affecting the bottom line, we believe that taking a stance on issues allows you to be able to create a product just to your, to your comment of, of right, that, that poll saying 80% plus of people want to purchase something that aligns with their value. So Ben's saying is the strongest connection you can have with your, your fans that way is through shared values. So to be able to put that out there, right? And and then it naturally kind of leads to there's going to be some people who don't agree with you. Mm -hmm. So part of that, uh, that I think is still a work in progress for us is how do we bring people along, right? If you say, if we take a stance and say, right, we did a campaign uh, 2015 called Save Our Swirled, where uh, we wanted to identify climate warming and, and uh, how we could try to address with alternative energies. And so we ended up buying an electric vehicle, wrapping it and saying, we're going to send this around the country. It's zero emissions. And uh, we want to ask people to 
talk to their elected leaders and and fill out this form and say, you know, I want us to consider alternative energy. So we ended up, you know, having a we always have an impact goal for our our campaign. So, uh, you know, we had like a hundred thousand people we want to have sign up. We ended up getting a couple hundred thousand people that signed up. Then we brought all those signatures to the COP twenty one that that was in Paris to present it right to the to say we want to share that here's a couple hundred thousand of your supporters who want you to make sure and pursue these alternative energy uh, you know uh, possibilities for our countries. And it was you know one of the largest gathering of, of world leaders. So it's knowing there's a timeliness to that that makes sense uh, and knowing that some people are going to say i don't believe in global warming so one of the things we're trying to work on is how do you not get so polarized to say well either you believe or you don't so you're out for us it we've always used ice cream as the on-ramp to these issues right and 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 doesn't matter if it's global warming or lgbtq equality or marriage equality something like that to say we use ice cream as the on-ramp it's a lot easier to say to people hey come have a scoop of ice cream let's talk about this issue that we care about as opposed to just trying to set it up and, and say, okay, either you're here or you're there. Uh, so we want to try to bring people into that discussion. And like I said, that's something we're still trying to do better at. I love the transparency. And I think that that's something that small businesses, even us as well, are still trying to navigate mm-hmm. that, right? Like, I love though that you're using ice cream as that core thing to be like, come sit down, have a conversation. I always like to say like, break bread with me, right? Because that's where you have such of the best yeah. conversations where you get to really know people, know their stories, no matter who they are is over food. I mean, so, and like what better type of dessert than ice cream, right? So I love that. And I love that the transparency, because a lot of us still struggle with that of how you don't necessarily have to agree in anything, but how can we bring people along the journey with us? Even maybe necessarily they don't see eye to eye. And I think that's something that a lot of business owners as well are, are struggling with and still trying to navigate. But I do love that there were certain things that you highlighted even within the efforts to do that and to get people still excited and still ta- at least sparking the conversation, which I think is so important. And so even as small business owners, how do you feel like we can spark that conversation within our own businesses about whatever our values are um, and bringing people along the journey with us, um, even if they may not necessarily align. Yeah, I I think it's being real clear of what those values are Mm -hmm. for your employees to know. And then hopefully when they're joining your company, that's part of the onboarding and and part of the orientation when they're coming in and hopefully they're, they're exposed to it beforehand. Right. So it's not a shock. And and I'm not saying that we've definitely had over our, our 40 plus years, people who come into the business go, Whoa, I was going to come here and and work this, you know, whatever role in this business. And and I realize now you're trying to save the world with ice cream too. And, and maybe that's not what I signed up for. So, you know, I think we try to be better about sharing what that is and and maybe the reputations got out there a little bit better as well. You know, and I think having that start then being real clear on those values. And then the fact that you want to measure all of your employees in terms of how do they contribute to that, right? That's part of our annual review. Part of your bonus is tied to how well did you do to support all three parts of that mission, right? Like we said, even outside of you're the CFO to say, you need to bring some values part to this company. If you just did money, you're missing kind of the full impact. And I think that part, you know, plus maybe there's a chance to start small in your local community if you're a small business to say the expectation is not that you're saving the world if you're a two-person business in a small community, but what can you do in your local community that can make a difference? And if your values are, are you know, similar to Ben and Jerry's in terms of being progressive to say, we want to take a stance on on these issues, right? We Maybe uh, 2016 was the year that we got involved really trying to be much more deliberate and intentional to work on race issues, right? And we said that we officially went in, uh, had met with some 
nonprofit organizations, mm-hmm. mo- mostly in North Carolina, kind of a combination of, of because of the balance mm-hmm. there of, of their population plus their history of the civil rights, and, and asked them, what can we do? And they advised us, said, go out and try to work in these communities of color and get people excited about voting again. And, uh, you know, I'll, I can definitely speak for myself and say, I didn't understand voter suppression that happened then, mm-hmm. right? We're here up in Vermont, mostly white state, mostly white company. And I, you know, when we were working with these organizations advising us, we're like, what do, what do you mean voting empowerment? Like, and all of a sudden you would realize, you know, you go to one of these towns and, and cities in North Carolina and there's a hundred thousand white people in a community and they get 40 voting booths and they go down and they vote in 15 minutes and they're back at their, you know, done their lunch break. Uh, if you go to the next neighborhood over that's a same exact size of black folks and uh, they get eight voting booths and they have to come down and wait in line for six hours to vote and maybe they have to then take a day off or maybe they have a job they can't take a day off and you start going oh okay i see now what it is that's going on right in terms of those voter suppression tech you know tactics and there's been a lot more stacy abrams and other folks who have kind of identified some of that for us but being able to identify that in your local community. How can you take a stance, right? I, I had one uh, group, a community I was talking with, and, and a gentleman said, I own a small auto parts store, uh, like a franchise, but I'm one person who owns one franchise. I don't have a social mission department like Ben and Jerry's. How do I, if I want to stick up and say, I want to try to be you know, progressive in terms of addressing racism, how do I do that in my local community? And I said, you know, what if you put a jar out on your counter and uh, put on it and said, my business is going to sponsor $500. Uh, We're going to ask 500 other customers to sponsor $1. And then we're going to take that $1,000 and offer it to a young person of color in our community to go to automotive school, to become a mechanic, to be able to do the work like our business, what we're selling here for parts for. And you go, that would be a beautiful thing, right? To be able to do that, to take that stance in that community, to be able to share, here's what I care about. I'm going to put some money of my business and I'm going to ask my customers to be part of this, right? It's not changing the world, but it's going right into that heart of the community and doing within kind of their own supply chain. And I think some of those, when you find the way to stack some of those things up, that's certainly a part of the, the magic that helps to unlock and make these things more impactful. Yeah, absolutely. I think I love that. I think it's, um, you know, really putting yourself out there, you know, again, like I think sometimes because we see Ben and Jerry's, that's a huge company, but as somebody like myself, who's a solopreneur and so many others, like the change literally can start with one person, whether, um, yes, that has gone to a person of color, also to a business owner, right? Like supporting small businesses, those things are so impactful and so important. And I love that. I love that you guys took the time to fully understand people that are very different from you and understand things from their lens. And I think that that's just so important as business owners is to truly understand others, having that empathy, empathizing and understanding other people's point of view and their stories. And it does not align with yours, but you can still have some compassion and um, greater, deeper understanding and putting yourself in a space to be open and learning and growing. And that definitely shows at Ben and Jerry's as a company, which I, this is why we're so excited to have you here. And so even shifting to, because polarizing, right? You guys are very polarizing and not just even with, you know, political things. Like you guys are, you guys are keep up with the trends, keep up with the Joneses, okay? I mean, you guys, 
One of my favorite campaigns is the Netflix and Chill campaign, which mm. I love that because Netflix and Chill became kind of, you know, we all know what that means, y'all. I'm not sure. going to rehash it, but yeah. I love that campaign. It was so much fun and being able to just, number one, you have two big brands, Ben and Jerry's and Netflix and how you guys were able to collaborate so well mm. together. Let's talk about that campaign. Um, so yep. I really would love to know just how you guys were able to just leverage two huge successful brands and create number one, a really cool flavor. So product launch, and then also yeah. to the campaign. I loved the ad. It was so good. So what can you share with us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Part of it, right. is trying to say like, we know we can't just stay, uh, you know, uh, we can't be your father's ice cream brand, right? We need to, to evolve. We can't sit back and just go, Ben and Jerry had a cool idea in 1978. Let's just do exactly what they did. We need to continue to grow this business and keep it current, right? Or it's really easy to become outdated. And so I think that's something that's very important to us. So I, I think we we have been fortunate to have a history of like, you know, the first ice cream we named after the guitarist, the Grateful Dead, Jerry Garcia, was our Cherry Garcia. That was our number one seller for about 25 years. And with that, it opened the door to these pop culture references and, and connections for Ben and Jerry's. And it really became kind of a sweet spot for us, right? That people expect that now and, and say, well, you guys come up with a lot of these fun partnerships, right? Uh, and so we, we, you know, try to leverage that and understand bringing the rest of your values along with that. So, so the Netflix one was one, we knew it was, uh, you know, such a popular uh, opportunity that so many people utilize Netflix and, and, you know, as, and, it was definitely one of the leaders in terms of streaming services and to be able to tie in, there's a, absolutely a, a corporate uh, sense of irreverence that Ben and Jerry's has, right? And that we always have. And so the idea of tying in that name of the concept of the Netflix and chilled uh, and then going, okay, now let's get past that and, and, and go to, you know, something that's, that's real fun, make a great flavor, great partnership, be able to go out there and, and tie in. We've actually had a couple of, uh, you know, individual flavors that have come out partnered with different shows. So it's been a, a bunch of fun to be able to connect with them and, and find that moment in pop culture, right? That where it's, it's hot, it's, it allows you, I think, this synergy of really bringing together a couple of brands that is exponential when you do that, right? We were talking before about kind of that layering, like being able to stack those things on top of each other and and doing that, I think, when you have these partnerships. I remember working uh, years ago, maybe 10, 12 years ago, Elton John, the musician, was coming to Vermont. He had never played Vermont before. We were so excited. And so at Ben and Jerry's, we had actually catered his wedding years before. So we reached back out through a contact and said, hey, with uh, with Sir Elton coming to town, we'd love to do a flavor. What we'll do is just make enough to sell here in Vermont. And, and all the proceeds we raise from this will donate to his AIDS foundation. And so, you know, they came back. They were they were real excited. So we ended up doing this. And when their team came to town, uh, you know, all the, uh, the PR manager, the, the AIDS foundation manager. And they said, we were with Elton in New York city a week ago and we're sitting in an elevator, you know, uh, with Elton's and, and we see the, the scroll on the little video screen in the elevator that says Elton John has his own Ben and Jerry's flavor now. And they were, they were like, this is blowing us away that there's so much love coming in around this. And I think it is that exponential piece, just like Netflix, right? You choose something that's popular and that whole community comes along. And so you do get that exponential return on that. 
Yeah, I guess too, because, you know, there were so many things trending at that time. I mean, the timing of it was perfect, by the way, of that, that campaign. I mean, it's 2020. A lot of us are confined to our homes. Streaming services, there all of us were yeah. streaming Netflix, all different types of streaming platforms, and Netflix was definitely number one. And so I guess too, as you see all of these trends, how are you deciding in a sense of like, all right, this is the one that we really want to lean into um, as you guys are creating your campaign? Like, I guess too, how are you sifting with like what will work for your brand, what will not? Who do we want to collaborate with? Who do we not? I think that's something that's important to small business owners because I think collaboration sure. is key for us too with a lot of success, especially solopreneurs. If you are a single individual or if you have a small team, I think that is so important. Collaboration is key and it can be, especially if done well, can have huge, huge benefits in your business. Um, so yeah. I asked like two questions within that, but... <laughs> It, but it is, it's that part, I think, you know, in terms of which partners do you choose? Those that have both values that you share, but also I think partners that can challenge you, right? That get to, to just find a partner that's all easy uh, to say, okay, we've got all this figured out, as opposed to partners who bring along values and challenge you to be better, right? I think in one of the things we've tried to do with our, our focus kind of working on racial justice issues over the last few years, you know, we talk about the Netflix and Chill launch, I think we we had uh, about a billion folks who were talking about that in terms of those PR impressions. But the following year with the murder of George Floyd, when we took a stance on that and put that out, we had, you know, five to, to over five billion people talking about that that stance. That we, so it doesn't just have to be about a product. It doesn't just have to be about something you're selling, right? It can be about what it is that you care about that can still land kind of these, uh, you know, pretty impressive numbers of people that you connected to that zeitgeist, right? Mm -hmm. What was going on at the time. And so I think Netflix certainly had, you know, there was during COVID, there was a certain time where people were home saying, all right, I'm not, I'm not going out to restaurants, but I can buy some ice cream and bring it home and sit here on the couch and stream a Netflix show. So that certainly worked really well for us. But I think it's finding those partners that align with your values and then challenge you in, in other ways, right? I think we've, we've had our, our latest flavor this year was a, a partnership with Ava DuVernay, a filmmaker. And, and you know, mm -hmm. she's just such a leader in not just the industry of, of entertainment, but also of just trying to be intentional and deliberate about supporting people of color within that industry and, and challenging where the shortcomings are uh, that, you know, again, we're not an expert in the entertainment business uh, and we're not an expert in, in how to solve racism. But as we work with those folks who are and find those good partners, right, here's Ava who said to try to challenge the lack of people of color within the, the entertainment business. She would always hear people go, I can't find a, a you know director of photography who's a person of color. So she ended up putting together a database and sharing that out. And you're like, oh, my God, this is the kind of partner you want. Someone who's addressing those societal challenges that allow you to be able to support them, shine the light on them. And then you're immediately walking the talk, right? That, mm. that provides that legitimacy because you are having an authentic impact then. Oh, I love that so much. Really find having people that, yes, like your values align, but also to challenges you. It challenges you to be a better person, challenges you yeah. to be a better business owner, really opening up your perspective and shifting things for you. Because when you, you know, like our experiences have led us to how we run our businesses, right? So it's like mm -hmm. really when you're taking that time to, again, having partners and collaborate with people who challenge you, it totally will open up a new world, a new way that you look at your business, a new different way that you do different things. And I absolutely love that because it's, it's, it's so impactful. It's very inspiring and it's extremely impactful and, and just 
a good reminder of when you're collaborating, find people that are going to challenge you and push you forward and make you uncomfortable. Because it's the fact to highlighting that you said, look, I'm not an expert in these areas, but I'm going to find a person that is mm-hmm. and learn, but also and, yep. and collaborate and also to give them the platform as well, which I think is so, so valuable. And I love that. And I love to just innovation. I think I've, I've said this to you in a couple of episodes, but I mean, you guys really do do such a good job of that, of just innovating Thanks. consistently in all of your campaigns and just your brand as a whole. You, I can, you can truly feel the the passion that you guys do in your work in mm. every single flavor and every single campaign that you have. So yeah. this is it's truly wonderful. And I mean, I did ask this before, but maybe not. I mean, do you feel everything comes at a cost is what I always say. And like mm. after everything that you guys have done, do you do you feel what you've gained more than what you've lost? I guess more so if that makes sense, the question mm. I'm asking. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we've always grown as a business. We, I think there was a time maybe 12 or 14 years into the company's history where we had a, a like sales were down. I, I think it was that one quarter in our, our global history. And so in terms of taking a stance on these issues, getting involved, you know, creating great products and, and things that hopefully our fans are, will delight in, uh, there's it's just been this trajectory that things continue to grow, mm-hmm. right? And so that feels like that's the right way you want to evolve your business, right? That there, what one of the challenges that comes with that is how do you grow your business and keep those values intact? Because it certainly is harder to say, okay, we were one team here under one roof and all together and we could connect now how do we right so it, it raises up issues like communication that you need to constantly uh, do a better job at uh, you know hiring uh bring people into your team and and again bringing in the right people that challenge you so you're walking the talk and what your commitments are and your values and also that are going to make you a better organization mm-hmm. so there there's certainly a lot of work that goes in with that and i appreciate you you know uh, the the nice words and and there's also struggles right we're not perfect at it we have struggles all the time with that you know and so trying to say how do we do these things that we care about and tie that in is like we we're talking before be honest about it like put it out there. And if you say, uh, I, I cannot go out there and say, uh, as much as we have tried to work on racial justice work in the last seven years, does our workforce look like the, the way that we want it to? It's not there, right? We're still committed to that, to try to make that happen. But in terms of diversity, uh, for a long time, so we kind of relied on this crutch of being a white company in a white state. And we're now trying to be much more intentional and deliberate and go, okay, uh, you know, we've got a partnership with Howard University that we've been ramping up over the last few years to go. Let's get into uh, connect with these folks early, hear from them, advise us on what it is we're doing with our business and involve them in our business. Right. So it's that kind of intentionality that I think you can then leverage and, and learn and grow more because we certainly are not perfect. Right. And when we're not leaders in those areas, we're hopefully having a good impact. And, and as we continue to learn and bring people in, like we were saying bringing those experts. Like I remember doing some of the racial justice work. Uh, Our franchisee that was out in Colorado was going, I'm really struggling with this. I'm not an expert in this. I feel like I want to make an impact, but I don't want to make a mistake. And this woman who was a 30 year, uh, you know, a racial justice uh, consultant was like, you know, I make mistakes every every day doing this work and I've been doing it for 30 years. So don't think you're going to come in and just be mistake proof. Right. So I think it's okay. I think as long as you're heart's in the right place, your values are in the right place, and you're trying to go there, it's okay to make mistakes. I think we want to try to be as intentional and deliberate and aware as we are going into that. So when you do make a mistake, hopefully make mistakes faster and learn from it faster and and 
when you have that intentionality out there, right, that I think is certainly helpful that people say, okay, I knew what you were trying to do that, but here's why it didn't quite work. Let's, let's try to do better. I love that too. I think that's so important as business owners, accountability just as a whole in general. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think the self-awareness is key and that heart check really being intentional yeah. and just really asking yourself, okay, like, where's my heart within this? Am I being able to be honest with myself and be aware? And then also to like holding myself accountable. I think that's so important. And just having grace and compassion, right? Because it's true, like we're all human, mm -hmm. we all make mistakes. And in order to change, in order to change, you're going to mess up, you're going to trip up, but you sure. have to take the accountability, you have to move forward. It's not something that's gonna be solved overnight, but at least at the end of the day, like progress is being made, conversations are being had, which I think is yeah. so important. And so this conversation has been great. So Every episode, we love to end it with asking this question. And what do you think the biggest differentiator is between businesses that succeed and businesses that fail? I'm going to say values for, from the Ben and Jerry's perspective, mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of other great ice creams out there. The mm -hmm. difference is we included values in our mission, our purpose, our, you know, and, and it's all the way from the supply chain of when we purchase ingredients, how do we help out, right? We mm -hmm. buy brownies from a, a bakery in, in Yonkers, New York, that helps homeless people, uh, has an open hiring policy, so it doesn't judge if you've been incarcerated before or whatever your history is, knowing that that's how you can purchase ingredients and help out, knowing when you deliver ice cream and ice cream trucks at the other end of the, your chain, like uh, we have a self-imposed carbon tax of $10 per metric ton that we go, we need to put some money into this because we're leaving an impact just like any other company does. So it's that's all about values, right? And I think that's been the differentiator. When you look at our our mission statement, the, the all businesses want to count the, the pennies at the end of the day. We have the financial part is one third of our mission statement, but the values is is the other third along with products, right? So so being able to do that, I think that's been the biggest differentiator. And I think that's why when people go to the store today and go, all right, we're going to treat ourselves to these little super premium ice cream flavors, and and uh, you know they come with a super premium price that they go, okay, this company seems to do it right, and so let's support them. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's Ben and Jerry's is values first. And as business owners, we need to be leading with our values first in our business. And I think that's just so important. And it's true. Like you can see it throughout everything within the company. So thank you so much, Sean. I have so loved well. this conversation. And if people want to connect with you, how can they find you? Yeah. The easiest place for me uh, on whatever Twitter is called now on there at PR Puba. You can find me on there. Uh, and that's definitely the, the way that I'm kind of most uh, public accessible or just come to Vermont where it's really easy. I'm at the factory right now where we have a great factory tour. So, you know, uh, stop by here and just ask my name. Oh my gosh. I love that. Oh, well, thank you so much. The great Puba for joining <laughs> This is very nice to meet you. Thank you so much for joining on and this conversation. I loved it. It was so impactful. And I hope that as you, if you're listening, that you take so many key things that Sean shared throughout this whole episode and apply it to your own business because it's true. Like our values matter. We are more than our business. And so like we should be able to share the things that we truly care about um, and be able to create a sustainable business at the same time. So thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you everybody for listening. Until next time. That ends our episode of the Independent Business Podcast. Everything we've discussed today can be found at podcast.honeybook.com. Head to our website to access for show notes, relevant links, and all of the resources that you need to level up. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to make sure you never miss our future content. Drop us a review and leave our guests some love on social. And thank you again for listening.